there can be only one podcast that you listen to right now. And I think it should be this one. Please? And welcome to One Good Thing, the podcast that often means well, but does usually cause the complete ruination of the Earth. I'm Paul Salt. I'm a kind of magic. <laughs> sure. Today we shall be slugging it out over Highlander 2, the quickening. Oof. Rus- of my heart. <laughs> the quickening of my pulse. Uh, Russell McCarthy's astonishingly as recent as 1991 science fiction follow-up uh, to his earlier fantasy film, Highlander. Yeah, thanks to Matthew Whitaker of the Sexually Active Cinema Bushido for his excellent recommendation this week. Uh, fans of the show will recognise the name as we've been down there end to talk Sonny Chiba's The Street Fighter. Eye-popping, gut-busting, sex-doing, wrong-loving, and that's just Cinema Bushido. <laughs> Foul! Foul monsters! I bet you're out committing crimes right now. End them. What film's next, eh? Attack of the old ladies outside the shop. <laughs> Man with a brick. You're suggesting that they just think they've all been films. <laughs> but really, they've been reviewing their own atrocities. <laughs> Man with a brick too. <laughs> Bricktastic. Man with a brick too. My dad. <laughs> and then myself. Anyway, thanks, Matt. You're awesome and actually probably the nicest guy I know. Yay. So, uh, the movie was torn apart by critics like a baby tossed to the wolves for meat. Uh, Roger Ebert at the Chicago Sun-Times. Who? Uh, I know. Says this movie has to be seen to be believed. On the other hand, maybe that's too high a price for the well, prize. The challenge prize, accepted, Mr. Ebert. The prize of having seen Highlander 2. Meanwhile, an, an anonymous writer at the BBC... Um, <laughs> just, it was just credited to BBC. Was it WikiLeaks? <laughs> it, was, it was Edward Snowden. <laughs> writing for the BBC... <laughs> Just as you begin to nod off, it will reach down into the pits of filmmaking to produce another stupefying moment. Yeesh. The film has 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Fuck. Fuck. Will this be the first 0% film that we finally get worked up about? Let's see. Paul, you pendejo. <laughs> What's something about this movie that made you that made you made it that made it you <laughs> that made you forget English <laughs> like a, a wrong boy like a wrong boy? What is something about this movie that made you want to live forever? Speaking of uh, all the Queen songs that they had in this film, oh, love them! Yeah, go all the ones, all the ones. Uh, original, originally written for this film. That 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 that, that song from the first one, that everyone liked the one by one of the Bryans. <laughs> Adams, May, Eno. Eno. Brian Adams, that's the one. That's Brian the one. Adams of Queen. So what happens in The Highlanders too? The Quickenings. So the previous movie, Highlander, was about a bunch of immortals. They're in. They're from all over the earth. Yeah. I'm Conor MacLeod of the Clan MacLeod. I was born in 1518 in the village of Glenfinnan on the shores of Loch Shiel. I cannot die. And they have to kill each other one by one, um, and then... Every time one of them dies, the person who kills them inherits their power, I think. Yes. Um, until eventually there can be only one. one. 
And once there is one, that person will receive um, the, prize, the prize, which is to become mortal, mm. grow old and die. Sounds great to me. Bit of a shit show, if you ask me. Yeah. And also to have all the knowledge in the world and be able to hear the thoughts of everyone around you. Which almost makes up for not being immortal. Yeah. But I would probably take immortal. I mean, I would probably use all the knowledge in the world to make me immortal again. And invent an immortal is a... Yeah, I guess that is. this is a world where immortality is possible. Yeah. Just like this one. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess you would. You <laughs> just you'd... use it to eat well. Exercise <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs> More chickpeas. Um, Get some natto. It was... <laughs> so so that's... And, and that film ended with... Uh, Connor Chris- Christoph Lambert. Yes. Of, of, of the clan Lambert. <laughs> finally becoming mortal again. Yes, because... so that he can spend his whole life with his lovely... Brenda. Brenda. <laughs> and, um, that's the end of this film. This film, we we begin with oh. a freshly mortal old... Yep. No, not old. No, freshly old, mortal yeah. Christopher Lambert. Yep. Connor McLeod. Yep. Um, of the Clan McLeod. Of the Clan McLeod, who is a scientist now. Ooh. With all, all that knowledge that he has. Oh, he's got the knowledge up in yeah. his brain box. Basically, the ozone layer has, uh, has, been, has been shitted. Yeah, it's been shitted up by yeah. people. Nobody listened to Al Gore. No. Um, it was too inconvenient, that truth. Yeah. And now we're living in an inconvenient reality. Because there's no ozone. We're all going to die. Yeah. This is ultimately worthless. I'm going to block out the sun entirely. Yeah. That's what I do. And that's what Connor McCloud is going to do. Yeah, because you are both geniuses. We're both exactly as genius as each other. And you're only 18 years old. Imagine what you could do with a few <laughs> more hairs on your chest. Absolutely. God. So, so yeah, so he um, he builds the shield with his own hands, probably. Yeah. And he well, puts he it in front of an elderly sun. man to help him. Yes. <laughs> he gets a short elderly man who likes hugs to help him build the shield. Yeah. And they, and they do that and they set it up and then they all high five and hug some more because they've yeah. saved the world basically from radiation and eventual explosion. And the sun, thank God. And, and the sun, because he was getting a bit self-conscious. <laughs> He's he was, getting a bit older now for the first time in 500 years. Probably yeah. best that there be fewer direct sunlight moments. Yes. Yeah. He can't look in the mirror anymore. And, um, and now no one else can either. <laughs> yes, because it's just it's just total darkness now. Yeah, complete, and ever and ever. slightly rusty coloured, muddy darkness. Tim Burton-esque darkness. Yes. Now everyone suddenly thinks he's a spanner because um, oh, he fucked up the light. Yeah, because he like... didn't think about what would happen if he put a shield in front of the sun forever. Yeah, like the manufacture of oxygen, for example. Yes, <laughs> by plants <laughs> that use sun. Yes, which would explain the sort of like uh, 2015 era Marvel aesthetic yes um that is now uh, on that set that they built <laughs> Connor mcleod is at the opera yes and he has a flashback like he usually does when he's in yeah. a large group of people it's really hard to try and maintain Connor mcleod's attention oh he's an old man now by the way um of his childhood in scotland which we all saw in the first movie yeah and he was a young boy in scotland and he discovered he was immortal and he was faced discrimination it was all very interesting actually the idea of what would happen if just a an average bloke in Scotland found yeah. that he was immortal. It's very sort of Neil Gaiman. No, that's the last movie. No, sorry, he's an alien from the planet Geist. Zeist. Zeist. Yes. Geist. Um, Spliced. Zeitgeist. I Zeitgeist. guess is where you were getting at. Oh, that's where I'm going. That's which, where, that's which where is... I did a brain wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he was a boy winners. in Zeist. He yeah. and um, his mentor, who we met in the first one, but also apparently millennia in the past in a galaxy far, far away. Yes. Whose name is, um, it's got that, that, um, yeah, he's got that alien name, you know, that really alien name, you know, Juan de los Lobos Ramirez. That's the one. Chief How metallurgist at Charles V of yeah. Spain. So the swarthy Sean Connery yeah. is Christopher Lambert's 
um, Egyptian friend. Yes. And... From space. <laughs> yes. Ah, oh, um, yes. yes. I'm so much energy for this. They and... try and lead a rebellion against yeah. the evil General Katada. Ironside. Ironside. Michael yeah. Ironside. Michael Ironside. <laughs> who's channeling Jack, Jack Nicholson. In everything, uh, in, in his own life. Sean Connery picks out uh, Christopher Lambert and he says, uh, you're the one who will lead this this whole business. This Michael, whole business. Michael Ironside says no. He murders everyone else but those two. Yeah. And then gets those two exiled. Exiled to an awful planet called Earth. <sighs> Which So then they get exiled to Scotland in the year 1542. Uh, well, uh, yes, oh, no, apparently. B- bef- yeah, well, that's the thing. That. Is Ramirez gets banished to like Egypt in the year like minus something yeah, BC, several hundred years before, yeah, the, before the birth of the J Man. Yeah. Whereas Connor McLeod oh, gets Clan banished for, of the Clan McLeod. Luckily, gets banished to a place where his name's going to make sense. Yeah. Um, that was very handy for both of them. Uh, yeah, he ends up in. Um, well, I guess maybe that's why he goes to Spain, Ramirez, because he's born in Egypt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like what I am Juan de la Lobos Ramirez. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> That's what they say in Egypt. Egypt yeah. <laughs> so he had to go to Spain where that would make sense. And he brought his friend who said K with him because he doesn't make sense either. Um yeah, so so that's so that that explains why they were where they were at the beginning of Highlander. Yes, they are banished to a cheesy eighties um, fantasy movie. We finally get closure on that. Thanks, yes. thanks everyone. Well, I didn't get it. I didn't get in the first movie what that was about. Didn't make any sense, did it? No, like, because why they would were, they be? They were on Earth. Yeah, and they had superpowers. That doesn't mean that doesn't happen. No, only aliens have powers. I've seen I've seen the Deer Hunter, and yeah. no one had a special power in that. I I remember. Wait, Meryl Streep? No, no, you're right. No, no one. Meryl Streep's a very, very good actor, and that's not a superpower. It's not quite a superpower. We've no. been through this. She did act over a, a building in a single bound once. Well, that building was falling down, oh. but it was due to her acting. Okay, so, so it's borderline. Yeah, it's Meryl Streep, area. most talented actress of her generation or a devastating force of nature. <laughs> we will never fully understand. Depends on if you're Donald Trump or not. <laughs> so Connor McLeod of the Can- Clan McLeod yeah. is approached by someone, Marcus. I forget her first name. Yes, well, she, Virgin- uh, uh, Virginia Marcus. That's we'll the say. one. Louise, Louise Marcus. Sure. She's a terrorist. Oh, yeah. of the Final Fantasy VII variety. Yes. An eco-terrorist. Best kind. Oh, she's like Ellen Page in that film that you didn't see. Super. And she um she comes up to Connor McLeod. She's a bit Star Trek. Yeah. Star Trucked. She's a bit Star Trek. She's run over by a Star Trek. <laughs> and um after that she says, You're the guy who did the thing with the shield. Yeah. Very good idea. I'm really sorry that it blocked out the sun forever. And destroyed all that eco I'm fond yeah. of. But we don't need it anymore, so let's go and blow it up. Because yes. she has discovered that in fact um, everything's fine outside of the dome. Yeah. But here's the thing we forgot to mention to you. The dome is actually operated, the shield, sorry, is operated by a company. Um, oh, yes. Run by... John C. McGinley. John C. McGinley. Charging people to have this thing up there. Yeah. Which has caused a monopoly, it seems, is yeah. what they complain about on the radio. Because all the other people with shield businesses, mm. they just can't get a break. There's no room for the little shield guy. And do you know what the saltiest bit of it is? What? Company's called Shield... Oh. Pricks. I mean, that's just got search engine optimization written all over it. Um, but consequently, there's very powerful people who don't want the shield brought down. Yeah. Okay, so that gives us a perfectly good reason to have villains after um, our heroes, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. General Katana, mm-hmm. from before, decides oh, yeah. that he's going to kill Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod. Yeah, that can be only one. 
Yes, there can be only one. So he comes to Earth with assassins. Yes. To take out Connor McLeod. So he sends the assassins, Rick Mayle and Adrian Edmondson. <laughs> yes. Uh, in order to attack Connor McLeod with Clan McLeod. And Connor McLeod with Clan McLeod murders them both. He does. He cuts off both their heads. Both of their heads. Fortunately. One, one with a sword and uh, one with a train. Yes. The train one was the easier one. The easier he one. He hasn't yeah. used a sword in a long time, but he takes trains all the time because he's <laughs> in America now. I'm pretty sure I could cut off someone's head with a train if I had to. Would you? Probably. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, he dispatches uh, Rick Mallon and Adrian Edmondson, and then he absorbs their electrical comedy juice, <laughs> which... Which immediately turns him into... Back into Christopher Lambert. Christopher Lambert of the clan Lambert. Amid, he's young again. Yeah. Yes, he is. Thank God, because oh. he's the man we love and uh, the the one that... What's her face? Virginia Madsen Marcus loves as well. Yeah, she, well, he, immediately, he immediately ravishes her. Yes. As part of whatever... Figuratively? Uh... With Christopher Lambert, it's all very much the, one of the same, isn't it? Yes, he de- he definitely physically ravaged her. Whether or not he also figuratively did it. Yeah, ravished or ravaged? Cause... Ravaged is what I was after. <laughs> he puts his penis into her vagina several times. Right. In very quick succession. Clarity. Yes. Cool, thank you. Uh, which she scary. enjoys. Oh, it's almost fucking immediate, isn't it? They, yeah, it they, is. they, have a, they have a moment. Oh, you're young again, thank God. Yeah, thank God, because I was going to screw you anyway. <laughs> Anything to bring that shield down. <laughs> For Mother Earth. <laughs> for Earth! <laughs> down, down, down. Bow. It's the sexiest remake of Final Fantasy VII <laughs> I've ever seen. Oh, it doesn't need a sexy remake. <laughs> sexy enough. So, um, oh, after after impregnating her with a future child... Yes. Um, they then... Well, it gets a bit fuzzy. Uh, General Katana comes he, to Earth. He comes down, doesn't he? Yes, and he causes some chaos. Oh, you know him. Yeah. You know, he's like a Kurgan. He knocks a few people's caps off their heads, and he gives one old lady a Chinese burn. Ah, oh, yeah, I know. It's and, and then and, and then he goes <laughs> at a dog. Yeah, oh, it's, it's one of those small, shaky dogs. The dog didn't like that. The dog was terrified. Yeah, I've never really seen not. a Michael Ironside before. <laughs> not so, should it? When you think about it, there are so many people in this world who haven't seen a Michael Ironside face to face. That genuinely makes me sad. So yeah, he causes chaos. Yeah, he also buddies up to the Shield Company. Oh, okay. After killing Vic, Vic Reeves and, um, <laughs> and Bob Mortimer, yeah. um, uh, fucking, what's his name? Connor McLeod. Um, the Clan McLeod. From the Clan McLeod. Yeah. Um, shouted, Ramirez! How did I forget about that? Yeah. And um, Ramirez was um, resurrected on stage in Scotland. On Yeah, in, in Scotland. Um, yeah. He, yeah, on, on stage of um, Hamlet? Mac- Macbeth. No, it is Hamlet. He's talking to Yorick. Yorick. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's very funny because Sean Connery was, he, he, he died about five years before Shakespeare was born. Yeah. Um, so they're not quite contemporaries. Right. Um, Here hung those lips that I have kissed I know not how oft. Sir, whatever you gentlemen felt for each other when your friend was still alive is certainly none of my affair. What's your fucking game, shithead? Shithead? What's a shithead? So and he's never seen to have been to see a play because that's for that's for the woman. The that's, women's. Yeah, there are none of them in Scotland. <laughs> uh, he goes and gets a suit fitted very quickly. He, he does indeed, and what a suit. What a suit. 
that gentleman wears. It that is a Scottish gentleman. It is enough for a bagpipe electric guitar solo. Fuck yeah, that's what I'd give it. Yeah. Uh, then he gets onto a terrifying plane. Yes. <laughs> in order to fly to the, Amer- the United States of America. Oh, he does indeed. McLeod goes to his own massive attic. Oh, the Clan McLeod. The massive attic of the Clan McLeod. Yeah. Um, and Ramirez of the Clan Ramirez. Um, of the Caliphate Ramirez. <laughs> uh, attacks him and they have a bit of a spa. Yeah. Bit of a spa. Bit of a spa, bit of banter. Yeah. And then they go for a cheeky Nando's after. <laughs> cheeky Nando's, love it. And then, yeah, I guess it's time to plan the finale of the movie. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> We're done, everyone. Yep. Fortunately, not that much planning's needed because they are both immortal. Yeah. All that needs to happen is they need to go shut off the shield, which yeah. involves driving yeah. and a bunch of guys with machine guns. It's it's pretty much, well, we just we just get inside. Yes, we'll get inside and see. Okay. <laughs> And that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's and then they, it. They, drive, and then they, they both go off and have sex with different executive producers on the <laughs> yeah. set of the film. So two restraining orders and one sexual <laughs> harassment lawsuit later, um, they, they they drive in, they yeah. get sh- um, shot shot full of holes. Yep, Ed 209 style. Get all shot and then they, they come back alive yeah. without the shot and then um, they punch a scientist in the face. It's <laughs> the important bit. <laughs> yeah. They punch a scientist in the face. Virginia Madsen's there too, but she managed to get in without getting all shot. Up. Yeah, because she's a lady. She's a lady, so they were just being nice to um, her. We may all have rickets and scurvy in, in uh, 2024. But we're chivalrous types. Yeah. We're chival. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Full of shiver. <laughs> and they accidentally walk into a room with a big spinning fan. Yeah. Which every office has. Uh, Michael Ironside press a button that lowers the fan onto them. Yeah. Uh, Ramirez gives up his life in a spectacular way in to, a li- the, to the strings of Amazing Grace. He becomes a Scottish light show. <laughs> Try and say that in his accent. Like Billy Connolly. Scottish light show. Scottish light show. Pretty good. Um, yeah, so uh, he gives his life so that they can get out of the fan room. Yeah. Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod um, goes to fight Michael Ironside. Of the Clan Ironside. Stein. Who murders John C. McGinley? Oh yes, he yeah. he throws him out of a window. That's no, right. no. He throws his uh, puppet out of a window. That's right. That's he it. had a and puppet. John McGinley dies of shock. <laughs> my, my puppet, favorite puppet. And Christopher Lambert saw it in the background. And um, <laughs> yes, and and after that uh, terrible scene, they then have a fight. Yeah, they swing two big bloody broadsword swords at each other. To be specific, they have two fights edited very closely together. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> uh, yes. Connor wins. Yeah, Connor of the clan Connor wins. Yep, the cutting clan off wins. Uh, Michael Ironside of uh, the Ironside posse. Posse uh, kills him, cuts his head off. Yeah, and then he climbs into the laser beam. <laughs> in order to which, just, oh which was there which was the there way. and it destroys the satellite which was also there yeah. and brings the shield down and also the quickening so I guess he's yeah. mortal again so he's mortal again again Um, the only crucial difference between the end of this film and the end of the first film yeah. which are intrinsically linked yes uh, if destroyed still true is that he is an alien from Zeist absolutely which is which, which was something established in the first film right yeah heavily, heavily implied there was that Queen song oh I'm a Zeist man <laughs> which, I'll be a nice man soon. Which was yeah, it was thirty seconds long. It was like a post-punk sort of uh, yeah thing. By the way, we're aliens. <laughs> I'm a nice man. I'm a nice man. <laughs> and then that's the end. Wow. Yeah. What a strange, baffling, inconsistent film. I mean, wow. After after that after that first Highlander, mm. which you know. 
being being the cult classic that it is that everybody it's a cult loves. Classic. Um, I mean, what the fuck was this? What it was was probably the most entertaining ninety minutes of my entire fucking life. Yes, I fucking love this film. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was great. It was, <laughs> it was really relentlessly fun. Here's yeah. what we didn't get into during our plot synopses. Mm. Everybody is giving it 150%. Everyone is their own individual circus. And by 150%, I mean that that is the purity of the cocaine that was being experienced by most of the cast. <laughs> John C. McGinley was um, doing an impression of Orson Welles. <laughs> Which he later admitted that was a, was a bad idea. But also, Wells doing what? <laughs> also, Wells doing, doing the impression of John C. McGinley. <laughs> it's kind of the same for everyone. Everyone brought their fucking A game to this. <laughs> so every, I feel like everybody watched the first Highlander, yeah. and everybody just concentrated on Clancy Brown's part as <laughs> <laughs> the Kurgan, and just thought, "Oh, I'll do that." Whether they be the villain or the sidekick <laughs> or the love interest. <laughs> Everybody was just fucking Kurgan in this. Russell uh, Mulcahy, he yeah. walked out of the premiere after 15 minutes. Right? Yeah. And then Rick Mell and Adrian Edmondson show up. That's the turning They're point, They're hedgehog boys yes. wearing um, Mad Max style like speed goggles. Who um, can fly. And they're cackling and they're flying. And after that whole combat scene um, plays out on hoverboards. Yes. With just the most fantastic wire work. Fuck. It ends in about 15 minutes of explosions. Yes. Just explosion <laughs> after explosion after explosion. With the soundtrack of Connor, of, of Christopher Lambert screaming throughout the whole thing. <laughs> um, it ends with like an, an like an oil tanker yeah. sliding off of its rails towards God. Christopher Lambert, exploding <laughs> an inch from his face. Yeah, like filling the screen with sparks. Yeah, and yeah, and then the quickening. Yeah, and and by that time we were lightheaded and laughing. <laughs> and then Michael Ironside shows up. So Michael Ironside said that he he claims that he realised the movie was terrible to begin with, mm. and so was going to put in a big eccentric performance. Frankly. I have to believe that there's a consistency in the performances across the board. Mm. The men, the people knew what this was. Yeah. They knew they were coming to do a cheesy 80s movie similar to Highlander. Yeah. And so they all just came and did their crazy acting. And that's exactly what fucking Michael Ironside does. He comes in and he acts delirious. Hi. The most scene-chewing fucking... Maniac you've ever seen in a film. Every corner of set is covered in Ironside spit. Yeah, he he grins like a maniac after yeah. every line he delivers. I mean, he he's really. I said Jack Nicholson earlier, but yeah. but specifically what I what I mean is Wendy, darling, light of my life. <laughs> like heights of Jack Nicholson. Yeah, he 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 gets into this train and he just fucking he he goes. Let's have some fun. <laughs> let's have some fun and then he turns it up to about 1500 miles yeah. an hour it's electric force he's like shooting out of the train people are smashing through windows they're holding on the rails for dear life the, the, the g-force is just holding them up it's like There's, the northern line it is on a tuesday <laughs> and if you've never experienced that you, you're probably still alive you probably have some <laughs> yeah. bones left and then there's a guitar solo and it just picks up and picks up. It starts wailing after two minutes. Yeah. And he's just going, eh, <laughs> let's have some real fun. There's so many moments like that. The middle of this film, you know, after Adrian Edmondson and um, 
uh, Ronnie Corbett show up. Everything after that, up until, I'd say, around the point where they enter the place and get shot full of bullets. Yeah. That's when it starts to slow down and you get the boring scene of them just clanking swords against each other. Um, up I until even that like point, that. <laughs> I like it too, but very much like the Kurgan from the first one. There's not much interaction between the hero and villain during the climactic sword fight. And that's no. where, I mean, the highlight of Highlander, the original one, is when Clancy Bland is in the fucking church, scoffing at Christopher Lambert, and Christopher Lambert's trying to act sort of seriously. <laughs> and Clancy Brown's just not. Well, actually, uh, how many moments are there where Lambert and Ironside get to face off in this? There's one in the ch- church. There is one in a church. It's a graveyard this time. Oh, okay. That's oh, yes, because right. there are people, there's a, like a procession. Because yeah. that's when he says the um, the whole thing about ashes to ashes, dust to dust. If you're not going to use, use it, it, yeah, it'll. Yeah, if you don't take it out and use it, it'll rust. It's going to rust. <laughs> it was. Oh, He's a right flesh, Michael Ironside. God, he was great. Um, You've got the continued amazing performances, presumably straight faced from Sean Connery yeah. and um, Christophe Lambert. But the chemistry between them was just wonderful. Again, I mean, yeah, it's I mean, just, they've so they've got so much going for them. They must have taken about a hundred bullets or so. One hundred and eight. One hundred and twelve, myself. Ah, oh, come on, you're not canning that little scratch, are you? Scratch? What are you talking about? It passed right through me. Just look at my splendid waistcoat. I mean, they had a they had a bit of a street fire, as far as I could as far as I could tell. They right. they went JCVD. They got hooked <laughs> on a cocaine and Minogue. <laughs> And both of them had long-running affairs with the, with the various women of Buenos Aires. Um, <laughs> Sean Connery genuinely got slapped with a sexual harassment lawsuit from an assistant director. Doesn't he just pick those up from like the airport when he lands? <laughs> visa, um, visa entry cards on one side. Sexual harassment is just like a blank check for Sean Connery. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you. Ramirez dies in the first film. He's properly dead. Head yeah. lopped off his shoulders. The only way you can kill a Highlander or whatever the fuck they're dead as a this. desk. An immortal. Yeah. He's dead as a as a desk that's in a George Osborne's office. It's dead. So Lambert insisted that he come back. Yeah. And that they uh, and someone asked him like, how are they going to bring him back? And he's like, um, oh, let's just say that the writers are very creative. <laughs> well, they certainly fucking are, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> I mean, we 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 were we were brainstorming this yesterday, and I think we yeah. came up with a better solution within fifteen seconds. I think so. I think okay. Let's get into this. So we, we, now that we've covered the fact that it's so great, that it's just <laughs> it's the so best. Great. Now that we've established that it's just great, <laughs> people hate it. People properly hate the movie. They call it like the death of the franchise. Mm. And at the time, zero percent didn't make much money. Why? Well, I mean, it is the death of the franchise. <laughs> Well, really, it kind of exploded a little after this, actually, because you had like a TV show and more sequels, but it was never mainstream again. Mm. It but went it, underground after this. And, and it knocked Russell Mulcahy's career on the head until he came back to direct Resident Evil Extinction. Thanks, Paul <laughs> Anderson, whichever which, one you which, are. WS, I think. Thank you. Let's not make that mistake. Um, <laughs> but every subsequent Highlander film yeah. um, stayed well clear of Highlander 2 as, yeah, far, as far as I'm aware just we never returned it, it... to Zeist which was no. the intention we were originally going to go have Highlander 3 oh, I can't remember what it was called but Highlander 3 the something inning yeah. um, and it was going to be on Zeist and it was going to be about picking up the rebellion because as far as I can see this is a so bad it's good movie yeah I think this so this is the ultimate so bad it's good movie as, yeah. as, as far as I'm concerned and I, and I was trying to like resolve in my in my heart and my soul why you know why yeah. why fans of the original hated this yeah and the the best sort of example I could think of would for me would be Face Off 
Okay. Like when I when I first saw Face Off, I was mm. twelve, right, and it blew my mind. When I turn, imagine if when I turned eighteen, Face Off Two, <laughs> Siege of Troy, yeah, was released, um, <laughs> where Nick Cage was brought back to life by taking a copy of his face and yeah. cloning a whole body from it. That's, Only now, yeah. John Travolta has to call on his training as a clone hunter from a past life. Uh, to put him down. And it turns out they were both aliens. Yeah. And we don't have Joan, Joan Allen or Dominique Swain. We have Lee Evans and <laughs> Christopher Walken. And John Woo has given them the directive that the one who acts the most gets their pet returned to them alive and well. <laughs> Sounds uh, good to me. Yeah. And, and, and like, anyone who would come and, come and watch it out of context of the original face-off for everything that made it yeah. the great film it is uh-huh. would... Love it just for the sheer batshitness okay, of it, right. and we're just just we're just embrace it because it it, right. it never you never stop laughing. But the, the the reason I enjoy, and I think most people enjoy Highlander though, yeah. is that the stuff in it that works actually works. Like there's some sweet moments in there. There's yeah. some moments that capture the loneliness of being an immortal. Yeah. There's some brilliant Queen music. There's some pr- excellent um cinematography. Yeah. That stuff all works really well. And then on top of that, you've got the fucking stuff that doesn't work. And all of that is hilarious. Yes. You've got the decision to cast Christophe Lambert, the Frenchman, as the Scottish Highlander. And his accent is never right. Nor is it (laughs) French. No. It's, it's, no one talks like Christophe, uh, Christopher Lambert except JCVD. Who are you? I'm Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod. I was banished from the planet sized 500 years ago. And I cannot die. Mm. Um, they're in a league of their own. Yeah. And it's like that that decision was made. The decision to cast Sean Connery as Juan de la Lobos Ramirez was made. <laughs> yes. The decision to cast Clancy Brown and to have sort of comedy moments throughout and memorable lines. Yeah. Now, here are the differences. So this movie got made, like, McCarthy is the original director, yeah. as is Peter Davis, the producer, and they wanted to tell a new story, and they wanted to film in Argentina to make things look different, and they built huge stunts. Yeah. Uh, sorry, they built huge sets. <laughs> Wait, which I just, they did I just huge stunts. <laughs> <laughs> they built huge sets for huge yeah. stunts. They blew up that set. <laughs> um, they did really cool things with, like, local things. Um Lambert did all his own stunts, pretty spectacular stunts yeah. involving fantastic wire work from the team who did Superman. In spite of his physical limitations. In spite of his, phys- <laughs> his obvious physical limitations, <laughs> he insisted on doing his own stunts. He cut um, his own thumb down to the bone, I seem to remember. I think his finger and Michael Ironside's thumb. Yes, and he dislocated cla- um, Michael Ironside's jaw. And Michael Ironside, rather than going to hospital, insisted that um, Christopher Lambert just punch him in the face in order to snap it back into place. That's according to the director. Uh, the, uh, like, so many people gave a shit. Deborah Everton did not design a campy movie. She made a fucking excellent um, movie. She she did the costumes. Yeah. And she made 100,000 costumes for the movie. Loads of extras, loads of costume changes, including the best thing Sean Connery ever wore. The, the the fucking tartan suit. Yeah, it's really wonderful. Um, there's great armor that people yeah. have. There's great. There's just great costumes. Roger yeah. Hall did great production design that references Batman and yeah. uh, eighty nine and Blade Runner. Yeah, they built a, a whole like city block. Yeah, and used it over and over again. <laughs> moment to moment editing is not brilliant. 
No. <laughs> um, like, the, the hoverboard sequence, you could tell they had this fantastic fucking stunts going on. Yeah. But mainly the f- the coverage was just filming them go from the left of screen to the right of screen, and then cut yes. and do the left of screen to the right of screen again. Yeah. Over and over and over again. There's not much sort of tracking or... Look, my point is, there's stuff in here that works in a conventional way. Yeah. And then there's a lot that doesn't. Mm. A lot of badness. A lot of script problems. Mm-hmm. The, the Zeist thing is dumb. I think we were saying uh, yesterday, you could just delete yeah. everything to do with Zeist and it wouldn't have changed the film a one bit. A single thing. Just have there's another immortal. You'd have to mm. justify how come there's another immortal. Where's yeah. he come from? Mm. Yeah. Maybe one got born. Yeah. Yeah, that's magic. Fuck it. And I think that's a big thing, is that a lot of people objected to going from fantasy to science fiction. Yeah. Uh, the aesthetic is very different. There's no yeah. sort of... I mean, the first one is sort of history hopping. You yeah. know, you've got this stuff in the Nazi period. You've got stuff in like 18th century Britain. Yes. I don't know. Come up with a fantasy reason for General Katana to exist. Yeah. And bring henchmen with him. He could have killing killing Clancy Brown. Could have planted <laughs> that. That could have planted the seed for a Michael Ironside. That, <laughs> he grew out of him. Yeah. He, he, he was planted in the earth and he came out like an immortal wood. Clancy Brown's chest just gives way <laughs> and Ironside comes out. <laughs> he was impregnated by a Michael Ironside looking facehugger. Oh God, that prostitute that Clancy Brown sees in oh. um, Highlander. Maybe, like, I know they're not meant to be able to have kids, but maybe, like, an anomaly happened. She gave birth to a fucking Michael Ironside. <laughs> she gave birth to a fully, fully formed, fully grown. <laughs> he comes out with his long hair. Yeah. Ah. Ah. <laughs> let's have some fun and then he drives her to 1700 miles an hour <laughs> on a scooter <laughs> yeah, so there are so many ways you could have gone gone about it like, yeah the the simplest would have been best i think absolutely and this was not the simplest there's no occam's razor being applied to this <laughs> fucking script but things started going wrong argentina mm. went bankrupt the whole country did mm-hmm. filmmaking went over budget the insurance company interstar did a final cut without the director or the producers. Mm. McCarthy tried to get out of the production, um, but the contract said he wasn't to defame the picture, and taking his name out and replacing it with Alan Smithy would probably have counted as defaming <laughs> it. And and everybody turned their back on it, and they mm. say it's a disaster for that reason, even mm. though, I mean, they, they were pretty anxious. I mean, it, the Renegade cut got made later, and the idea mm. was, okay, this is the proper cut. Mm. This is the cut that sort of, is the one the directors would have made if it wasn't for Argentina. Yeah. Bastards. The Renegade cut is 16 minutes longer, uh, there's no space stuff, mm-hmm. and they fix some things like the final fight and the ending. Yeah. Fixed, in quotation marks. And the lack of gore. And, and the lack of gore. They put that in. Yeah. They distanced themselves from the sort of disrespectful re-edit by Interstar. But they already had Connery coming back from the dead, in mm-hmm. spite of the rules of the first one, because Lambert just wanted his mate around. He insisted on having his buddy <laughs> Sean around. Um, and they still had the whole aliens thing. Mm. I mean, they were pretty anxious to say, oh no, this is the this is the real one. The narrative that this was a great film ruined by filmmakers does not make sense. No. But wh- what makes this so bad it's good? It's, it's, it's the fact that good bits or bad bits, yeah. they're almost routinely hilarious. Unlike Battlefield Earth and like Alone in the Dark... Yeah. Where there is oh, oh sli- like big old slice of downtime. This one I was hooked. I did Take laugh over quite a lot of the exposition, which is one issue. I mean, yes, but I was still watching what was going Fuck on, yeah. and there there were very few down down moments. It doesn't slow down until like the end. No, no, it it really doesn't. Is there, the long answer to that question? Is there an issue with the incongruity of the stuff that actually works well and the stuff that's so bad it's good? So bad it's funny. Yeah, I mean, it depends what you were, what you want out of this film, I suppose. If you yeah. if you wanted a legitimate sequel, 
Like champion to Highlander? Highlander. <laughs> the I wanted film. The, I wanted the Dark Knight of Highlander. <laughs> it's like, what movie did you see in the first place? Like, mm. Highlander has all of this, almost. Mm. It just, it makes better sense, and it has a more consistent universe, and the yeah. moments that are meant to mean something mean something. Like, yeah. the romance between him and Brenda, and him and Heather in yeah. Highlander, are moments that you could feel, in spite of Christopher Lambert's, maybe even because of Christopher Lambert's, <laughs> performance well, whereas in this virginia madsen they meet they have sex up against a wall up against a wall a and steamy wall a steamy wall yeah it's the best kind of wall to have steamy sex windows on. from tina turner plays <laughs> in my mind <laughs> and a steam engine goes past <laughs> on fire <laughs> driven by clancy brown and then half and three is finally brought out on steam <laughs> yes 2024 <laughs> um and yes, but uh, yeah, it's like you were—it's like you were saying in the original. You've got a really touching story of the lonely yeah. immortal man. It's, it, yeah. it made me want to reread Simone de Beauvoir's um, *All Men Immortal*, <laughs> which unfortunately they haven't had a good film adaptation of yet. I Not think. yet, They're, but I've heard good things about *Highlander* five. All men aren't mortal. Oh, there can be only one man is mortal. <laughs> This movie made me not want to read anything ever and just fully <laughs> explore Michael Ironside as a concept for the rest of my life. I think Russell Mulcahy was also trying to channel Paul Verhoeven at times in this. And, oh, God, uh, yeah. And James Cameron. James yeah. Cameron. Yeah. Tim yeah. Burton. Ridley Scott. It, it's it's wearing its influences on its sleeve. Yes. And like I say at the beginning, I can't believe it's 91. Like, this feels like an mm. 80s movie right up and down the street. Yeah. I know it's only just out, but fuck me, does this not feel like the 90s? What year was T2? 92. So that's the, that was the game changer. Yeah. And I, it, I just made is, a, well, there you yeah. go, face. This is two years off of Jurassic Park. I mean, but after the abyss. So, mm. I don't know. <laughs> Make of that what you will. I, I <laughs> no. wasn't emotionally, inv- well, I no. was. I had an emotional investment in it. And that was <laughs> just, I didn't want to ever stop laughing because I'd never be that happy again. <laughs> but, but. I peaked. <laughs> I peaked during Highlander, the quickening. I haven't been able to finish. Nope. No. Fists. I can't, I just can't do it anymore. But there wasn't like the human emotional investment that no, you had in the, in the first one. Caring about the characters and there's a, a, a flimsiness to the design that wasn't in the first one where it felt a bit yes. more substantive. Is that it? You're, you're a Highlander fan. You've got the poster on your wall. You've shown up. It's 1991. You're wearing your Connor McLeod pajamas. I'm a Sean Connery uh, sexual harassment lawsuit. You've got that in your pocket, <laughs> like most people have. Um, and you're coming here to see the movie. <laughs> oh, you made me do an embarrassing laugh. <laughs> That's excellent. I hope that got picked up. Oh, God, I'm sure. Well, these are quite good microphones. <laughs> oh, there's dolphins at the, at the window. Just wondering where their mate's gone. Call the window repairmen <laughs> and murder them <laughs> to exercise this and film. And feed them to dolphins. Um... <laughs> What the fuck? Okay, you've shown up. Yeah. You're here. And now it's Highlander 2. You get past the first 15 minutes, Penn and Teller show up, <laughs> um, and the film ensues. Do you really start thinking, oh, they've ruined this? Maybe if you were hoping for more. Like, if we showed up to The Last Jedi, we've got the benefit of hindsight now. Yeah. We know that it kind of survived. It, it was okay. Most people who like mm. Highlander liked 3, but it, it never really reached the peaks of the first one again. And so we're able to take us as like a curio. Mm. Okay, so the Last Jedi. Okay, we yeah. go there. Mark Hamill has a pizza face to show how old he is. Yeah, which looks a bit weird, <laughs> but we we saw CGI Peter Cushing and um, CGI Princess Leia yeah. in the last it, one, and thought, okay, it's fine. We'll we'll, we'll go with it. At, in the second scene, they fall into a time portal and end up in New yeah. York in the 1970s, and it's all about Ray having to try and <laughs> get the 
crystals together in order to get back to space. Or even, or even they go, we must go to Tatooine, and and Tatooine is one set. Yeah, it's very obviously a set. <laughs> they the 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 lightsabers don't quite look as good yeah. as they did back they're back flipping and they're doing all, all kinds of gymnastics and there's quips now yeah. and everybody's acting at 110 percent yeah and, and they drive back ha- and they brought back harrison ford they've brought back harrison ford yes yeah how how so but it's funny let's say yeah. it's so funny how bad this is but we'd feel like we'd be upset you'd be upset yeah. you'd be really upset yeah the general you i wasn't saying you'd be upset i'd be upset I would be finally be able to finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to put the original Highlander down here. I no, I don't want to put so it on much, blast. But like, I, I like Highlander. It's yeah, great. it's just, it's just this is a whole different animal, mm. and it's so funny. Everyone yeah. just, it, it really does beg a belief as to how amusing it is, and whether or not you're laughing with it. I mean, most of the actual attempts at comedy that the thing makes are terrible, mm. but the stuff they thought was serious, mm. is yeah, so funny. I, I, I have a I have an idea. Okay. How do you how do you feel uh-huh. when 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 this happens? Here we are, born to be kings. We're the princes of the universe. Here we belong. How do you in a world with the darkest powers? Exactly. When you when you came to see this. Uh, when, when you went to see this film for the first time, yes. everybody broke into song. Yes. Um, along, along, along with this. I, I, I played this song earlier. I was listening to it. Cause yeah. I was thinking about the soundtrack for Highlander 2. Right. I thought, Let's refresh my memory of the original. This yeah. song came on and I went, Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, this has, is something to be excited about. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It has that sort of fe- feel to it. It's fucking cool. Yeah. Cool as ice. It's willing to <laughs> sacrifice. And the, and, and, and Highlander 2, does not have that i think it's just a, a, a film that like quite understandably a lot of people loved for myriad reasons yeah Lots sorry highlander of, highlander yeah yes um there was a lot of competency there there was a yeah. lot of cool there yeah and and this this uh, highlander 2 did not deliver any of that it did deliver constantly on on plenty of other things a cocaine shot to the balls <laughs> yeah and, and and i can just the eyeballs hi <laughs> Hindsight is 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 twenty twenty. You know, yeah. if you if you knew that the film was going to be awful and you went in yeah. expecting it, then maybe. But if you were going and if you in knew expecting... the franchise did just about survive it too, <sighs> yeah. I think what you've got here is you've got one cult movie that has all the things associated with a cult movie: the competency, mm. the imagination, the fun yeah. in Highlander, and then in Highlander two, you've got a so bad it's good movie. You've yeah. got a room. Yeah, you've got the room. Sorry. Yeah. You've got the room. You've got room by Lenny Abramson. You've got lo- room by Lenny Abramson. Every time fucking um, William H Macy comes on screen, it's like, ah! yeah, <laughs> yeah sh- glad we got you out of that room, young lady. <laughs> She's a young woman, Sean Connery. Stop it, that's Captain Marvel. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the problem here. Is it's that sort of difference? But I think if you can appreciate when I when I I saw Highlander recently, I took a girl to go see mm. it. Um, never spoke to you again. She never spoke to me again. But um, like it was because that she had seen Flash Gordon and wanted to see something cheesy yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, and and she really enjoyed yeah. Highlander, except for some of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> parts of it are problematic. 
Um, this, I feel, would have been a better bet. Yeah. For those purposes. If you want to see a great sort of 80s movie that has aesthetics like Terminator and, you know, has a, a neat concept explored kind of well, but with also funny, bad bits yeah. punctuated throughout, then that's Highlander. If you want to see a fucking amazing car wreck, <laughs> yeah. stuff that just great things thrown into a soup that just is baffling and crazy. I, I, I feel Highlander like- 2. I feel this is the kind of this is the kind of cult film where you go and see it, and when when the uh, the bagpipe solo breaks out when, when they're crafting Sean Connery's tartan suit, yes, um, that's when people in the audience get out their own bagpipes and play along to it. <laughs> Except that hasn't happened. Highlander no. One is a cult film. Yeah, there's no cult here. There's no. no like movement. There's people who are like, oh yeah, the Renegade cut. You know, it's not mm. bad. You know, it's the best version of a bad movie. But they're, we're apologists right now, <laughs> technically, as far as the world is concerned. Like, mm. there's no cult around Highlander Two, and they're definitely should be i'd very much like to start one yeah let's we, get on touch get in touch with the prince charles yeah if we if um if we were able to use this podcast to springboard into like a cult movie <laughs> origins night once a month highlander 2 and gem and the holograms we we could do this yeah so prince charles if you're listening get in touch how can we convince the people at home to come and watch highlander 2 maybe we could do it by quick firing i think that's a fantastic idea i for the most part like the score Okay. Um, it feels very worldly, and um, li- like like in the original soundtrack, um, it, it had these like fantastic moments, like Michael Kamen's "Under the Garden." Yeah, there are, like the the score is really comp- complementing what was going on. Yeah, there are, there are exceptions, and and when it goes in completely the opposite direction with like the bagpipe electric guitar solo, and then <laughs> playing "Amazing Grace." What when Sean Connery sacrifices himself? Yeah, then it's in the other like the best other opposite direction going. It's just. Yeah. If it's not, if it's not a wonderful soundtrack, it's just yeah. fucking ridiculous, and that's yeah. you know that's that's why it's such a real <laughs> cult classic, everyone. Yeah, um, I really like the way that the opening shot contrasts Highlander, not the opening shot. Sorry, the, the scene where we pick up with Connor. Yeah, uh, in the original Highlander, we had a wrestling match. You know, big men, very flamboyant, very silly, and then mm. we cu- we cut across the cloud, the crowd, and find a very stoic-looking Connor McCloud. Yeah. And I feel like that sets up the movie. It's like, hey, we've got the cheesy '80s silliness. Mm. And here is a serious story kind of sat in the audience that we're going to focus on. Yeah. But the world is the world of wrestling. This one has an opera, a very, yeah. a very beautifully set opera. Mm. And then we cut across the, and rather than sort of swoop in a sort of comical action movie way, we gradually pan to Connor McCloud, who's thinking about aliens. <laughs> I remember, he says. And, <laughs> And it's it's this perfect wrongness of the, s- the seriousness of the visuals yeah. with the ridiculousness of what's actually happening. And yeah. that sets you up for this movie. Yeah. The, s- the sets are fun. The oh, sets God, are yeah. really fun. The underground base looks great. It's, oh, it, yeah. It, like, the, the, like, I remember the, sh- the, the shadows of this big, the ceiling fans in that little, um, like, operations base where yes. everyone was spying on them. Yeah. It gave it a real, like, chunky... Yeah, Blade yeah, Runner like feel. Blade Runner-y feel. There yeah. is a Blade Runner feel. Like I really like the fact that um John C. McGinley is meeting with his board um in a room that's um so huge. It's the biggest room that he's meeting with his board in. Yeah. And to which uh, Michael Ironside just strolls in. We've got to talk about John C. McGinley for a little bit here because um it's really hard trying to pin down his face as to yeah. why what's so great about it, but he's got perfect teeth. Mm-hmm. A very big mouth. He's got very tender looking eyes, sad, loving eyes. 
and a yeah. real sort of sneer that he's able to do. Yeah. And yeah, a, a great sort of dumbfounded look. God, there's so much going on. He's brilliant at being arrogant, at being sad, yeah. <laughs> worried. It's fantastic. The the shot of space at the beginning when they start the final countdown for the oh, big yeah. uh, sun shield. It's great. There's a shot when he kind of pans around the shot of like the, the satellite and it gives yeah. you this great scope of like earth in the background and you've got the hum of nothingness it's really good yeah the special effect of um the shot of james corden <laughs> getting his head cut off by the train was so good like mm-hmm. the, the special effect that went into it it yeah. was pro- obviously a dummy but they used some sort of fantastic material so that as a proper tear when the train takes his head off mm-hmm. the wheel of it. It's really good. Dummy always looks better than CGI. Always. Always. Even if it's John C. McGinley being pushed out of a window. Which was going to be my next uh-huh. uh, my, my next one. So perfect. Yeah, Michael Ironside <laughs> throws John C. McGinley out of the window. And it's the most <laughs> obvious puppet. It just it just ragdolls all the way out, <laughs> out of the window. And it's it couldn't, be, it couldn't be more perfect. I want to give some credit to the moments of dialogue that actually worked because mm-hmm. there's constant like winking comments made throughout the whole thing, you know. Something like that is the line that gets said over and over again when Many someone's times. like, um, oh, what are you from out of space or something? Mm. Oh, something like that. And it's like a smiling king because it's like, oh, it's exactly like that. <laughs> but, um, there are also times when it's like, do you want a sandwich? Something like that. Yeah, that it's just. Weird. That was obtuse. <laughs> that was obtuse. Um, Connor <laughs> McLeod of the Clan McLeod. <laughs> but there were a couple that worked well. Um, yeah. One of them is Sean Connery when um, he walks into this establishment and they tell him um, this is the oldest gentleman's um, dresses in mm. Scotland. And he said, oh, it's very good because I happen to be the oldest Scot- the oldest gentleman in Scotland. It's very good. That's a good line. There was a great tracking shot in the battle at the beginning. Yeah, and lots mm. of good, you know, that thing that they can do in old uh, history movies uh, where there's an explosion, some people fly in the air, and that's the sh- same as like showing them getting blown apart. Yeah. Everything pre-Saving Private Ryan was that. <laughs> yeah. I really like the scene where he recalls Heather and Brenda to, mm. um, uh, what's her name? <laughs> to Virginia Madsen. Yeah. To Louise something. Mm. Uh, he recalls them to her and talks about his first and second wife and uh, misses out the wife who um, accused him of witchcraft and tried to burn him alive, <laughs> you know, as he would. But um, I only remember the good times. I only remember the good times, guys. Focus on the wives you like. <laughs> That's what Sean Connery teaches us. <laughs> There's a line at the beginning where Virginia Madsen uh, explains in one swift sentence just how ridiculous all of Highlander is. You come from another planet, and you're mortal there, but you're immortal here until you kill all the guys from there who have come here, and then you're mortal here. Unless you go back there, or some more guys from there come here, in which case you become immortal here again. And it's like, yes, that is the plot of all the Highlanders. Something Fantastic. like that. Yeah, yeah. It's a kind of magic. It's, it's exactly that, isn't it? Isn't it, Connor? Well, I, I don't want to. It's it's like that. Crazy old fuck. Um, there's squib squib work. It's fucking great on the scene yes. where they drive in and get shot. It, it is Ed two hundred nine levels of just getting yeah. the shit blown out of them. It's fantastic. Yeah, all the fi- all the fish out of water stuff for Ramirez is is. is- fairly mediocre as far as i'm concerned but yes. when he's he catches himself on the tv screens in the shop window <laughs> he's just standing there going he's swaying backwards yeah. and forwards watching his his yeah. picture it's it's great the last one is a moment when sean connery is flying over to wherever the fuck this movie is actually happening gotham city from scotland mm. uh, that that city 
and he's flying over and he's in a tiny fucking airplane which looks like a model from exterior shots and looks like he's in the model in interior shots yeah. it does the great thing that models should do of making matching the interior to the exterior except it just looks <laughs> like he's in a toy plane yes. it's very crowded in order to try and escape from the sort of crazy people he's surrounded by he puts on his headphones and watches the in-flight movie mm. <laughs> which is about how to remain safe in case of an air crash and it contains a vivid <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> sequence of a car of the of the uh, plane being torn apart with people yeah. screaming and <laughs> reaching for their oxygen masks <laughs> with Connery just reacting to it and a calm voice telling you in the case of a catastrophic air disaster try to remain calm as you reach for and it's just a plane flying oh, apart it's the funniest the, thing the watershed moment it's everyone on, on the plane just chatting am- amicably yeah. um, with drinks in their hands and in a snap <laughs> second the plane starts plummeting and everybody loses their shit and starts screaming oxygen masks come out of the top of the plane and they're like just squashing them onto their own faces like failing to do it properly because they're panicking so much oh god guys watch Highlander 2 we're not going to do a one better thing this week yeah. Just watch Highlander 2. It's our f- second. after If you take take out the guilty pleasures. Yeah. This is our second one good thing. Recommendation after Gem and the Holograms. Check out Highlander 2. It's so much fun. You know what? Third, um, I'd highly recommend everyone watch The Christmas Tree. Oh, God, yeah. You've got to watch The Christmas Tree. So this is our third. This is very much on par with The Christmas Tree in terms of how much we laughed. <sighs> Gem at- actually had genuine feels. Yeah. But christmas tree and highlander it, it just nearly murdered us um who, who said at the beginning it was seen you have to see it to believe it was that eva that was eva he was right yeah we there's no Once way again. we've just done it justice using our voices and sound clips watch this movie because <laughs> yeah. i can't record michael Ironside's smile for you all <laughs> thank you very much for listening to one good thing yeah uh thanks again to uh matt from cinema bushido um you really have made my life better on several occasions and this is just the <laughs> tip of the iceberg the, yeah the the last in a long line of goods we are uh available like ladies of the night at all times on uh, twitter facebook stitcher youtube i've been a bit lax with getting our stuff up on youtube the last couple of weeks but um it's been busy what do you want from me we've got, we've got lives um no, done if you want to if you want to get in touch with uh with an email which you can yep. do now send us that at ogtpod at gmail.com check out my check out my novel dockhead uh, available on amazon for 5.99 thanks to everyone who's bought it but it, yes it is there on amazon do check it out dockhead dockhead mm. better way to cook <laughs> um screen mayhem my stuff uh do it reviews of hitman's bodyguard and hopefully detroit and maybe even the other one um, <laughs> as well yeah, the film so what is it go check it out and find out woof woof do you subscribe to us on iTunes uh, or whatever uh, podcast app you use on your phone or yeah. chip that you've got implanted in your hand which I've got nowadays yeah um, if you haven't left us a review yet please please do we've had a few yes, come please. in um, from our new uh, benefactors Brit Pod scene which has Aww, been, uh, been thanks guys very helpful thanks it's nice to it's good to be a part of uh, it's nice to be under the dragon's wing as it were mm-hmm. if you haven't left a review just leave a short one uh, it's my birthday tomorrow so do that as a special birthday treat yeah do it for me do it for Idris Elba do yep, it for he Tim gets Henman. a lot of it yeah do it for Max Shrek oh okay these are people who have birthdays yeah. on your birthday yeah excellent I thought just yeah just do it for Idris Elba do it for Tim Henman he's got nothing <laughs> Oh, not literally nothing. 
<laughs> I'm Paul Salt. I'm Paul Goodman. And remember, the one good thing about Highlander 2 The Quickening is Sean Connery sweating nervously on a plane. Welcome to Cinema Bushido, a bi-weekly movie show taking on badass action cinema. Samurai. Robots. That are alive, you are coming with me. Kung Fu. Swords. You faggot, Nash. Why, Garfield? You cruising for a piece of ass? And guns. Lots of guns. You can find us everywhere you go to find podcasts. And be sure to check out cinemabushido.com.